Y'all ready? Yeah. Not really. Here we go into <laughs> our very real time machine back to March 2nd, 1984. I wonder what's playing. Hey, baby, you need a ride? Meet Otto, master repossessor of cars. I'm going to have to torture you. He meets the weirdest people. <laughs> Let's go do some crimes. And stumbles into the strangest yeah. situations. You think it's too late uh, for us to get romantically involved? But nothing could prepare him for the ultimate repossession. Wow, this is intense. Repo Man, rated R. Starts Friday, May 4th at selected theaters and drive-ins near you. Cool. <laughs> this is Drew, here with Ashley. Hey. And Derek. Hey. And you are listening to New Release, 1984. Each week on New Release, we travel back in time to 1984 to watch whatever movie just hit theaters. Ashley, what did we watch this week? Repo Man. Familio Estevez sci-fi cult classic. <laughs> we'll see if it holds up to that, that title um i put this other note in there just because some people might be more familiar with repo men uh starring jude wall because that's the movie i uh not thought we were watching but that's the movie i think of when i i hear this title so um anyway uh what's the tagline for this movie it's 4 a.m do you know where your car is hmm. <laughs> <laughs> not not one of the worst taglines we've had um so i don't know that i can really come up with a better one but it's also not really that like relevant to the movie i mean <laughs> i i was thinking that there the tagline should have been something like uh don't look in the trunk whatever you do don't open the trunk <laughs> like to kind of tease audiences of of like the mystery of the movie but anyway um we watched repo man on i watched it on stars i think uh derek and ashley rented it on amazon or itunes and i looked up vhs copies on ebay and i thought this might have been the first movie that was kind of like had a collector market after aftermarket value on on uh uh, eBay, but nope, you can get a copy uh, shipped for about 10 bucks. So we haven't hit the um, <laughs> collector's <laughs> item VHS uh, movies quite yet. Um, before we get too far into discussing this movie, um, we should be really thankful that we have Ashley here to sum up this really easy to summarize movie <laughs> Great. in 30 seconds. <laughs> Cannot wait to, to hear uh how you do it uh Derek, uh, you want to start the clock so a punk rocker named otto loses his job at a grocery store becomes a repo man meets this girl named layla who's who believes in aliens and like otherworldly things um he finds out that the chevy malibu has a really hefty price tag of twenty thousand dollars and so he chases it down throughout the city to get this car and then Layla's like, oh, the car, she thinks the car is like out of this world. And she's mm. right. Mm. Did I get it? Ooh. Perfect timing. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> that's, yeah, like the easiest way to sum it up is like Emilio Estevez's character, Otto, yeah, gets 
a job as a repo man and uh, a lot of shenanigans ensue. <laughs> Where it gets really confusing plot-wise is all the like conspiracy stuff like kind of just going on in the background and who exactly is Layla working with the uh, FBI, the blonde like FBI agents um, and the, the silver-handed lady like we'll we'll try to <laughs> we'll try to uh, break that down as we go yeah. but um but yeah it's 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 kind of a uh, a new job movie which was fun uh, we got mm-hmm. to learn what it takes to be a uh, repo man sorta uh, yeah, it's <laughs> a little more dangerous but it's an intense profession <laughs> um uh, as as we alluded to in the little setup, this movie has a cult following. I can say that definitively. Um, if you are like, uh, if you go to independent theaters that show old movies and and things like that, I've I've seen this movie uh, pop up on the schedule at places. I've never seen it myself. Uh, I had heard of it, but Ashley, had you had, did you have any um, relationship to this movie going in? No, and I also, I mean, I knew the one with Jude Law. I heard about that one before this right. one. So <laughs> I had no idea what Repo Man was at yeah, all. Yeah, we're, we're showing our age. I mean, I didn't even see that Jude Law movie, and I guess I just remember it coming out. Mm-hmm. Um, Same. And I think when it came out, I, like, Googled it and had the reverse thing happen where I saw that this movie was also a thing and wasn't sure if that was a remake, you know, or, like, a sequel mm-hmm. where it goes from – Repo Man singular to Repo Men <laughs> right. <laughs> 30 years later. Very clever. Um, so yeah, neither of us had seen it. Derek, um, you had maybe seen parts of it? Yeah, I saw parts of it with our friend Ollie. Yeah. Uh, I, w- from what I remember, it's not the same. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you probably, yeah, like there's some like really memorable moments, but um that are somewhat spoiled in even the the short trailer, unfortunately, but that's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't, it's not really a movie that matters to have spoiled, but uh, some of the key visuals are spoiled. So uh, the, we were asking like, uh, we have a friend, Oliver, who's about 10 years older than uh, me and, and um, more like these movies that we're watching came out when he was in his teens. So he watched them at sleepovers and stuff. And, and some of them, uh, have a real he has a real sweet spot for uh, some of them so we're always just trying to like gauge uh, his interest level and the thing he brought up about this movie that a lot of people know about it going in is the iconic punk rock soundtrack Um, I don't know if that's going to be one of the things we loved or hated about the movie Uh, but let's go ahead and and uh, talk about our our most extreme response to something in the movie Ashley <laughs> okay um I did love the music but mm. I really my favorite part probably is there's a lot of like very quick one-liners that are so unexpected yeah. and they kind of <laughs> stick with you throughout the whole thing like we were um having a group discussion like a little group mm-hmm. text about them because there's so many memorable one-liners in this movie um that was probably my favorite thing and I like the special effects because they weren't trying to do too much <laughs> like what were they trying to do (laughs) well i liked it when they opened the trunk and then you would see like his like cartoon skeleton and then he just turned into you know ashes like i thought i don't know i thought it was funny it wasn't trying to be like create like there was obviously not a huge budget so yeah and it wasn't like it was it was weird a lot of a lot of times i like 
praise these movies from the 80s for having like horror movies especially having to use um practical effects instead of cgi Mm -hmm. like uh the the john carpenter movies like the thing from 81 holds up better (laughs) than (laughs) modern movies just because like real artistry went into creating those um the models and like the insane creature effects this actually has cgi very crude early (laughs) not not with the bodies exploding that's kind of just like a a camera trick Um, Mm -hmm. like they cut they show a cop uh, looking at a trunk and then they cut and then they just show his boots with ashes (laughs) blowing (laughs) so that's not cgi but when the car uh starts to fully turn into an alien vehicle um i guess it's a ufo at that point Uh, Mm -hmm. it it glows it glows um ooze green and uh uh, that's clearly added in in post (laughs) i would would assume um uh, so yeah i i would say just to make sure we we don't uh miss this this opportunity uh when you're talking about the one-liners uh do you have a do you have a particular one you want to call out (laughs) oh there's so many um I really liked the one at the very end where yeah. Otto Emilio Estevez um, sees Wait, his do you friend. want me to? Do you want to play it out? Oh. I can. I can be the girl. <laughs> sure. Okay. okay. So, so to set it up, he's about to. Um, his friend takes the car and it's starting to glow green. He's like, "All right, let's go for a ride." And Otto's like, "You don't even know how to drive." And the girl's like begging him to stay. And so this is the line, Drew. Yeah. <laughs> as the girl. <laughs> what about our relationship? fuck that and he just gets in the car <laughs> yeah he's not even i mean i'm not going to criticize your uh line del- delivery there but he's not even he's he not mad about it he's just like no. fuck that he doesn't care oh yeah sorry <laughs> yeah. yeah he just no. like, doesn't care at all yeah. <laughs> you didn't say it angrily there's a lot of um a lot of f-bombs in this movie more than a john hughes movie uh, mm-hmm. and but they're all like comedic uh comedic cursing uh it's 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 like just nothing in this movie is serious i mean it's it's a complete satire in tone Mm -hmm. which doesn't always work for me in general and doesn't always work here but for the most part like i think it's i think it's fun i don't like speaking of the plot issues earlier like i'm also not exactly sure what the satirical message of the movie is i mean they're just kind of like randomly taking aim at uh religious fanaticism commercialization Mm -hmm. and like trying not to show brand labels the uh the beer cans all just say beer and the food says food but that's uh that was donated just really random Mm. that was donated by ralph's grocery store so they labeled everything for it Mm -hmm. so that's that's their labels well that's they did it for the um for the movie so they labeled it like beer food because they couldn't actually have like real like items oh, of food okay. and stuff labeled so they were like we'll just do generic labeling and donate all this stuff for you interesting so, yeah yeah huh. i mean i I've, i figured it was for like not being able to license brand purposes as well but mm-hmm. i thought it yeah. was like making a statement like right they become iconic like you look for the you look for them throughout the film but it has to do with the grocery store that I just kind of like donated them to the movie yeah which is pretty cool <laughs> all right uh we don't want to skip me this week, so yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna do my hated or I'm gonna, my loved or hated. I'm gonna choose hated. Um, it hates a strong word because it starts to 
redeem himself at the end, not from a character standpoint, but from a performance standpoint. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm dancing around the Emilio Estevez <laughs> yeah. uh, problem at the in the middle of this movie. Like his character is shitty, but that's not even what I'm talking about. Like, I just don't think I'm an Emilio Estevez person uh, from a performance standpoint, from his charisma. Uh, I don't think he really like carries this movie he can do a few deadpan uh one-liner line deliveries effectively um like the fuck that Uh, yeah (laughs) but for the most part he's just kind of like blah i don't know yeah did you think he was blah in breakfast club as well so that's of course my one exception i mean the writing is so good and and he gets this moment where they're sitting around in the the circle all sharing their like uh, stories about their their family life and he's awesome like they're all everyone in that scene is 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 incredible and it's probably mm-hmm. well it's the testament to the writing but he rises to the occasion there um i don't think he can elevate the material but maybe given the right material he can uh you know do justice to it mm-hmm. so this was this was a middle of the road performance um his character is also a shithead i mean maybe that's yeah like it's set sort of in the the punk world and anti-establishment and he's like you know not supposed to be likable yeah but i kept wanting to like because you always want to like the main character yeah to an extent and i just never liked him even when it ended i was just like cool he still sucks so yeah yeah i mean you want to root for him to like get good at his job um succeed because we're like following him around doing stuff Mm -hmm. Um, and all of that happens he does like there wasn't a training montage where he learns how to um, (laughs) break into cars (laughs) and hotwire cars but all of a sudden he is pretty handy with the the thing that you shove down into the window and then Mm -hmm. he uses a a gum wrapper to start an ignition at one point maybe yeah something like that (laughs) so he's pretty handy but i don't it's just cool. A... I thought it was okay. cool how the other people, uh, uh, the other repo men, kind of uh, took him under their wing for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I liked. I actually liked a lot of the repo men, besides yeah, him. Yeah, that'll. Um, <laughs> before we we move to that that segment, the last thing I wanted to say is there's there. Well, actually, let's just move on because I want to talk about the one other uh, famous person, semi-famous uh, actor <laughs> in this movie. So let's do Choose Your Character. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. There's oh. a mashup of uh, Price is Right, some video game, and then, and then a, a death scene. So Perfect. We've struggled a little bit in past weeks to explain this segment. And I think the easiest thing to explain is imagine you're playing an arcade game and it doesn't have to be a fighting game, but it can be. And you're at the choose your character screen, scrolling through the different um, avatars. And so we are each going to choose a character to be from this movie. Ashley? All right, so it took me a while to figure out who I wanted to be because a lot of the characters I don't like at all. So um, not very redeemable and can't really relate to them. And I can't really relate to this one either, but um, I really liked Marlene the best. Mm, Yep. So she played 
Yeah, I mean, she plays a very, like, bit role for the most part in the movie, but she's the secretary for the Repo Men. But at one point, she's getting accosted by these, like, two bigger men who work for, like, the FBI Alien Alien Bureau Agency, whatever. Um, and she just completely, like, kicks the crap out of them yep. and just, like, chops them in the face, like, throws chairs on them, and she, like, just handles her own and kicks their asses, so... It's pretty cool. <laughs> Kung, Kung Fu Marlene. I wrote, yeah. I wrote it down here because <laughs> it was tough. Yeah, as we were watching this movie, Oof. we both knew we weren't going to be Otto. Um, yeah. Uh, the other person that I was I was uh, alluding to is Harry Dean Stanton playing kind of the lead repo man, Bud. And he's good. He's in a bunch. I, I have a soft spot for him uh, from, well, he's in Pretty in Pink. And he's in a bunch of different uh, David Lynch things. So Wild at Heart and Twin Peaks and, and, and whatnot. So I like him, but his character wasn't, didn't, I didn't connect with. Mm-hmm. Um, I was, I had my sights on Layla, the, the sort of love interest slash UFO. Uh, enthusiast. Yeah, enthusiast, <laughs> accomplice, uh, employee. I, I have no idea um, because she was wearing like this cool music uh note shirt at one point but she's just kind of because of that exchange that we so expertly acted out uh moments ago that kind of made (laughs) me not want to be her anymore Uh, i mean that's not her fault i mean if if she wasn't if i could take the character out of this movie maybe she wouldn't be bound to say those lines by the script but um in the context of the movie that kind of sucked for her uh Mm -hmm. so i think i'm gonna go with since we're, if we really lean into the fighter game uh, metaphor here, you're Kung Fu Marlene, and I'm going to go with a silver hand lady. Okay. <laughs> so the, 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 the head of like the alien investigation, at least the head of the torture department at the alien investigation mm-hmm. force, um, was this lady with a uh, metallic uh, fake uh, prosthetic silver hand yeah uh, sometimes she wears a lacy glove on it sometimes she unleashes it for uh, punks on acid to to lick um <laughs> so i have a little yeah. bit of intel on that because it's right. kind of weird it doesn't really make sense in the movie um but it's supposed to be <laughs> oh boy. A, a cybernetic metallic arm I, you but, know i was getting there oh were you <laughs> just kidding <laughs> yeah. um so that's why you see that there's one scene where they're sitting at a table in the punk kids are very attracted to her arm like her hands it seems so cool mm-hmm. it was supposed to be like a legit like metallic looking arm not just like a glove that's like a metal glove <laughs> so uh, they had to cut some corners there yeah so due to the low budget of the film they were unable to come with like a comp- convincing prop arm so they basically gave her a glove oh well yeah uh, so yeah i mean but at one point what, what was it just a glove <laughs> yeah that's kind of lame I, it looked I, I i guess maybe the movie effectively put me in the headspace of the the acid punks because mm-hmm. at least in that scene it did look like a prosthetic um like a physical thing uh, and then later towards the end of the movie when the malibu the alien malibu is getting away or something she like jumps in front of it and uses the the silver hand to prop up her gun hand um, <laughs> and uh, yeah she was mysterious she was um clearly knew more than she was letting on early mm-hmm. in the movie and it turned out that she was like 
and on the alien. I mean, I don't even know how how we're gonna dissect the 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 motives of the people that were searching for the alien, but I definitely don't don't think that was the point. So we've got our uh, heads up fighter match. Derek, did anyone um, jump out at you? You guys called it for me, actually. Uh, so the, the homeless man uh, named Miller is played by Tracy Walter. But yeah, uh, he was kind of like this omniscient character. He was talking about UFOs and coincidences. He knows how to cut his own hair. <laughs> <laughs> he works. He works with the repo men. I mean, he might have very well been homeless because he seemed very comfortable. Uh, covered in grease and and burning fires under under bridges but yeah he was sort of this like crackpot uh, conspiracist shaman dude but of course all the crazy people in this movie are right because there's um spoiler alert aliens <laughs> aliens are what's in the trunk um, and they're really warm um they make the, the car hot and they eventually make the car uh, uh fluorescent alien green so yeah that character not only was he wise it turns out and resourceful he like was the one that can tame the car at the end mm -hmm. like everyone else that tries to touch and approach the car with their closed-minded attitudes about aliens gets burned to a crisp but he just like opens the door yeah they're like welcome come on in yeah <laughs> <laughs> he's on a, a higher level oh, okay yeah i figured out the movie he's he's like if, if you get to a higher level of thinking and accept like that uh intense weird shit is out there then you um are opened up to all kinds of new experiences yeah he unlocked the key so now he can drive around a ufo which i was thinking not really a ufo because it's identified it's just a flying object right because mm. they know it's a chevy malibu Point. yeah <laughs> so it just glows <laughs> did you think the the twenty thousand dollar price point was fair for such a, a rare specimen <laughs> well I, they didn't i mean well wasn't that for did the like fbi post that 20 grand or was that for that was the other repo yeah. men right or like the other gang or whatever they were oh the rodriguez brothers we didn't mention yeah. them so if it was a group fighting game <laughs> <laughs> if it was like a, a side scroller double dragon style uh, Ooh, nice. setup, then we would want the Rodriguez brothers probably. Mm -hmm. I, one of the, the other weird things was like they set up the Rodriguez brothers as the foil to the, the main repo men, Harry, Harry Dean Stanton and, and uh, Emilio Estevez's characters as they, they're the heroes and the Rodriguez brothers are the bad like uh, non-white drug dealer characters. Mm -hmm. but they were probably more likable i mean they were kind of generic they yeah. it was just there was a lot of different competing uh interest going on in the in the movie so um but who put out the 20 grand like it was worth 20 grand who did that notice was that for the fbi to get a hold of it like the repo men were competing to get it and then the fbi would steal it from them like i couldn't understand where that came from it just flew out of, or it just came out of their like window it must, have, on the floor. it must have been because who else would have wanted the car um i mean i i don't it wasn't the people like the way repossessions typically work i guess yeah <laughs> is the the bank is trying to repossess the car right. and they subcontract these um shady uh characters to to get the car back for them but mm -hmm. in this case yeah it would have had to be 
the FBI, that's the only the only party that would have had um, that much financial. Interest. Well, then my my other thought is, aren't there a lot of Chevy Malibus? Like, is it the only one? Like, I don't, you know, like it's the only one with aliens in the trunk. It's like, but it's like the only one. Like, they didn't know there were aliens in the trunk. You know, it just seemed kind of. <laughs> it was just uh, okay. very. That was weird to me. But anyway. Yeah, that's- <laughs> That's that's way out of bounds for <laughs> for this movie. For Sorry, this movie. yeah, that's fine. Um, let's let's go to uh, this just in breaking news. All right, since we are um, in fact back in the first week of March in 1984, Repo Man has just hit theaters. 39 whole theaters across the country. <laughs> and, um, Footloose is number one at the box office. Scarface is number two. Man, that so Scarface had been, Scarface did not come out in 84. It had been uh, playing in theaters for 13 weeks at that point. I guess it came out like in December of 83. That's wild. Movies used to be in theaters for a really long time if they were <laughs> successful. Uh, against All Odds, debuted this weekend that was the number one movie that actually came out this weekend um march 2nd so now if you're scanning down the list in your in your newspaper um (laughs) and they're publishing box office receipts repo man number 17 three hundred and twenty nine thousand dollars um just ahead of this is spinal tap which only played in three theaters (laughs) <laughs> and, made, and made almost the same oh. amount of money um so yeah repo man was not a huge hit it cost about a million and a half to make and ended up making something like 3.7 million so probably on this budget and with the like relatively small release that it had that was probably considered a success uh theatrically and then it must have been a success uh like in the resale market and the rental market and stuff if it developed this cult following so good job (laughs) (laughs) gotta support like uh you know independent filmmakers that are trying to make something weird and and personal so i'm all for that ashley do you have a review from the time i do um i have a i have two to share um so this one's actually the first one's a good review um it's very entertaining, and though it's rude in an R-rated way, mm-hmm. it has the good taste never to promise more than it can deliver. Mm. And that was Vincent Canby of the New York Times in 84. I like that. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's, that's about right. And then I went on Rotten Tomatoes because it's at 98%, and I was curious, like, what was yeah. the one person that was like, mm, I hate this movie, or whatever they said. <laughs> and so their, their little um, comment was, the movie, more often than not, just comes off as strange for strangeness sake. David Nusser, real film, 2006. I was kind of like, that's a terrible review. So I mean, I agree, but I also agree that it's kind of like, loosen up, man. Well, that I feel like you have to go, if you're going to go strange or like make a movie odd, you have to go like full strange. Like, why would you like hold back on certain things? I well, think, you, you know, in my mind. Are you saying this movie didn't hold back? Yeah. Yeah, I, I I agree. It was it yeah. it went it went for it. Um, it was a very like specific vision that seemed to be executed. I kind of it doesn't have to. That's what I was trying to get at with some of these movies and some of the broader comedies that that we're 
inevitably going to watch, like just because it's not to my taste always. I definitely respect when there's, when you're like seeing someone's relatively pure vision. Mm-hmm. Um, that's always fun to watch versus like a watered down um, repo men style uh, movie from <laughs> the, the early 2000s, which I can't imagine um, had the same like uh, charm and right. personal personal vision <laughs> so yeah that's i i think those reviews pretty fairly capture it i mean especially the first one and the second one's just lame but it's it's also not wrong <laughs> <laughs> do you have any more uh fun trivia nuggets for us i have a couple um well question for you did you notice one thing about all the characters Ooh. names besides auto single syllable they're all named after beers. Oh. <laughs> so you have Bud, oh, Miller, Miller, Bud, Miller, and Light. <laughs> Brilliant. There were a couple things that that were probably subtle uh, commentaries like that, because beer was prominently featured in the movie as played by beer. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> popcorn kept popping up. I did not mean to do that um, throughout the movie, which <laughs> is maybe my my theory. There is that if you're watching a movie and they keep showing popcorn that's commenting on like the commercialism of trying to get people to buy more popcorn and drink more mm-hmm. beer. Uh, so there was definitely, and that's just not very like punk rock to get advertised to. So I think it was, it was kind of subverting that, but I did not notice the, the name thing. That's awesome. I wonder yeah, why they didn't do cool. it for auto. I mean, auto sounds a lot like auto, <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh <laughs> maybe that's maybe they just went, ran with that but. yeah i'm not sure why you didn't have a beer name nope. um there was also so when auto meets up with layla she shows him a picture in the car of like these four aliens at the beginning of the movie mm-hmm. remember that photo and then there's a photo of that picture in the newspaper the following yep. day um so they kind of look a little bit like shrimp kind of <laughs> in the photo <laughs> Any guesses to what is actually in the photo? Ooh, so he says it looks like a like sausage. Mm-hmm. Um, I I wish they had shown it for a split second longer. One of the two times, the first time it was like a crumpled up photo, and then it was uh, on the back of the National Enquirer, and you mm-hmm. could really only see it. But my guess would be um, uh, rotten bananas. I've, so... I've got wait, I've got a, a guess. Ooh, go ahead. Plate of shrimp. No. I just said shrimp, but it's not shrimp. There's, like a, there's a, a reason why I said that. So Miller, my character, mm-hmm. uh, is talking about coincidences and he's talking about theories and he's talking about thinking about a plate and then thinking of shrimp. And then mm. they're on one of the uh, on one of the windows of a convenience store there was a plate of shrimp. I did uh, see that sign. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So anyway. Well, you're wrong, a guess. So. Yeah. Like, like how you're, you're, but you're thinking like Miller. That's smart. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, so a lot of people actually do think it's shrimp, but it's not. <laughs> it is actually condoms filled with water wearing grass skirts or shirts. Sorry. So. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> so it's like a condom with like grass wrapped around it. <laughs> Little grass. Condoms like, wearing shirts. Yeah. <laughs> or skirts. That's what it said. Shirts, shirts or skirts? Shirts. <laughs> why would they, why did they, so they wanted them to look more like people and put shirts I'm on not, them? I don't know. <laughs> it's just that what is, it is. That is freaking weird. <laughs> yeah, that's um, really weird. 
but you would think that it would be shrimp because of all like the alluding to it, which makes sense, Derek. I mean, I get it. That's what everyone else thought too, but it's condoms. So <laughs> shrimp have little like t- tentacles and um, they could be alien like, but mm-hmm. they made the fact that they made miniature shirts for condoms is <laughs> yeah. really, really blowing my mind. <laughs> so, wow. Okay. <laughs> I need to process that. Uh, yep. What, what else time. you got? Um, so no special effects were used to make the Chevy Malibu um, glow while it was parked at the repo lot. Mm-hmm. They used they covered the entire car in reflective paint, so you can even tell when it's like flying in the air. Like you can tell people painted on it, but it's just covered in reflective paint in the, the repo lot. So it's glowing, but they're just emitting light onto it. So they, that's why it's glowing. Did they explain how they did that effect? Is that which? I, I, no, they just said they coated it in reflective paint. So. I, I don't really know how much uh, CGI or whatever you want to call like post-processing effects they can do um, at this at this time period. So like when I said earlier that it was clearly just like a special effect, um, that's different than just like having the car not doing anything in real life to the car and, and doing it all in post. So the fact that they they do have to do like uh, real stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, to make the effect whatever you know to whatever effect they end up enhancing uh in on a computer like was done real uh, to some extent so that's really cool mm-hmm. um let's see emilio estevez almost didn't get the role or didn't play auto in this film well this is this leads <laughs> into mine do we ha- do you know who else might have been up for it I don't. I just know that his agents or his management team didn't want him to play this role. So they kept the script away from him. <laughs> and then a friend got got the script to him and he read it and he thought it was hysterical. And he's like, I want to be in this. But they didn't want him to be in any small pictures. So well, that's that's what I read. His agents are is, lame as hell. But yeah, <laughs> I guess props to him for recognizing why this was an interesting uh, role and, and doing mm-hmm. it. Um, he didn't want to, his agents, of course, wanted him to be probably a mainstream movie star. And this is not uh, the way to make that happen. But it's just unfortunate for the viewer a little bit that he's not better at it, but at least, but props for, for trying it. So Yeah, exactly. Because um, that was after, I assume because it was after he did like The Outsiders or The Outsider. And they're probably like, oh, you're destined for different types of movies and not this like small time, like weird alien movie maybe um yeah but yeah so they didn't want to do that um let's see did you notice that there was like air fresh like car air fresheners throughout the entire movie good point miller so, talks about that exactly he he brings it up early on in the movie and says you're gonna be seeing a lot more of these i did not see any more of them <laughs> so, but I, I assume i just uh missed them so y'all saw them all throughout the movie yeah, they were in like, yeah. most cars. They were on like the cop like motorcycle. They had an air freshener for no reason because it's like a motorcycle. Mm, but um, yeah, they were kind of just like hanging out throughout the entire film. And that was also one of the other like main sponsors. And that's why. I was going to say, what did they symbolize? <laughs> but they symbolized yeah. money, uh, getting the, getting the, uh, the budget. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> that's funny. So the, the anti-commercialism uh had to only go to a point because they right <laughs> yep <laughs> makes money to make a movie okay interesting did the i mean uh, 
that aside, was there any greater significance to it? Thematically? I did. I did read that it was supposed to kind of symbolize like either aliens being around or like an alien presence, but they were like in all the cars. So I didn't know if that then mm-hmm. alluded to like, oh, every car could potentially be taken over by, I just didn't know. I didn't get enough information on that. Well, was there some kind of commentary on at one point of uh, Otto's walking? Uh, there's this cool sort of tracking shot, and he's walking down a bad part of town. And there's like all these these um, homeless people, and one of them's dead, and the, the the guys in the hazmat suit are like taking him away. Was there? A, there might have been like a larger alien invasion going on that we just didn't really see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they did touch on that. That's what I thought was interesting because they touched on that. There's got to be like other aliens around, but especially at the four shrimp or whatever condoms that are just right. hanging out. <laughs> well, they were using, they were practicing safe sex. So maybe they, it stopped there. <laughs> Bad and terrible. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, anyway, yeah, that's, that's the, you got, you got any more trivia or should we move on? Let's move on. Wait, well, did you guys, well, at least for me on Amazon, there was some really interesting, like uh, if you hover over the, the screen while you're watching it, it'll give mm. you some, some trivia oh. or kind of like a behind the scenes uh, like information and the Chevy Malibu was stolen a couple of days after they bought it oh. and then they yeah. found it that's that's ironic a slight caveat <laughs> well they actually they actually found I did read up on that too they did find a replacement for it a few days later because they needed to keep filming and then mm-hmm. it turned back up like unscratched so they used it Oh, and that's had, like aliens. Uh, that's creepy. Yeah, yeah. aliens. Yeah. So, because he actually ended up in one of the scenes, um, the Malibu that they replaced, I guess the second Malibu, they ran it into like a gas station by accident or something, or part of a gas station. So they damaged the vehicle. And then the other one turned up like unscathed. So they used the original, which is pretty cool. Wow. That's like a, a possessed car situation. Yep. Christine. Which we may talk about soon. Um, <laughs> So I've got a few tropes pulled up here. Uh, a lot of them, they're, they say like subverted or they're doing sort of the, they're the opposite of a trope, like the cool car trope. Um, there's a car that, that everyone desires, but in this, which is the case here, but the, the car isn't the desirable thing. It's the aliens in the trunk. So that's kind of funny. Um, this one has a very short, indirect description the cool old guy it says uh (laughs) it says this refers to bud at first (laughs) oh okay because he kind of he kind of turns into a a loose cannon and Mm -hmm. uh not such a stand-up stand i mean none of the none of the repo mans are are like good people is Mm -hmm. is that a where do you where do you stand on like sort of the societal uh, view on people in a job like that? It's sort of like a parking um, meter attendant. Like everyone hates them for no fair reason. Yeah, I feel kind of bad for that. Well, in this movie, it's obviously completely out of whack. But in real life, I feel pretty bad for them because they're just yeah. trying to do their job. It's so. just an inherently like um, shady job because you're working for the banks. I mean, not the, the parking thing you're working for the, the city or the state or, mm-hmm. you know, like a government body. But in this case, you're working for like a private uh, financial institute and the people who you're taking cars from 
obviously need uh, need the vehicles and most of the time they're probably not uh bad people they're probably people that just are in financial uh, uh trouble and can't pay mm-hmm. their, can't pay their payments so it does it would be it would be a morally complicated job and not to mention when you get shot at or when you get beat up by a, a scooter gang uh, <laughs> which probably happens all the time i mean it's they they say repeatedly this this is an intense job all the time so <laughs> Uh, and then lastly, there's the cameo, uh, trope. So this explains, this explains a lot. And you mentioned it during the, the, the movie in our text thread, but I was still kind of confused. There's a cameo from the circle jerks as the circle jerks. Is that his punk friends or that's the band that's playing? It's the band that's playing. Oh, okay. Never mind. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> I was thinking, I was thinking maybe his punk friends were a band. But there are some cameos, if that's what that you like. The um, oh, in general, they're just talking about. I mean, they're saying that that was a cameo by there's a band playing at the when the the silver hand lady gets gets her fingers licked. Uh, there's the circle jerks are playing in the background, yeah. That's the yeah, they're the actual band in the in that shot. Cool. Um, I don't want to belabor the the tropes here because we got so many more exciting things to talk about. I did just remember the best one-liner from the movie. Uh, oh, go ahead. Indis- indisputably. So it happens really <laughs> okay. early on and it's a character that it might be their only line. Uh, it's It goes, <laughs> it happens sometimes. People just explode. Natural causes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> It's like an investigator. Yeah, (laughs) that's that's when they're investigating the the cop who's there's nothing left of him but his his boots, and and one of the guys is like, "What happened here?" So that was that was that was brilliant. I think I think I had heard that line before. It's it's fun to watch movies like this that must have been referenced throughout other stuff I've seen or other people I've talked to have probably referenced it. And now now we finally get it. I think we are ready for Rank the Blank. All right. We have a jam-packed Rank the Blank this week because uh, when we come up with these categories, in this case, um, I hadn't seen the movie yet. So I knew it was going to be a movie that heavily featured a car. So the category that we came up with was uh, your favorite movie car. And I had a couple off the top of my head. And then I Googled it and found um, pages and pages of blog articles where people are, you know, creating listicles for the best movie cars. It's it, this is not the first time this topic has been broached, but I think we can bring some personal uh, insights <laughs> into the into the arena. So th- when I was when I was brainstorming, not like you know looking at the list and 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 trying to jog my memory, the ones that the ones that came to me were uh, obviously Christine because I just watched it and and I I love that movie and it's. The car is in the entire movie. I don't know if it gets bonus points for, you know, prominence, but <laughs> it's it's like just a iconic movie car to me. And then uh, sort of a wild card choice. 
this is how like limited my i guess car knowledge is the second thing that came to my mind was gizmo's pink convertible from, from <laughs> gremlins so <laughs> i don't know what the make and model of that is i didn't i didn't um, look into it well maybe we'll research that for the gremlins upcoming uh, gremlins episode but uh yeah those were the first two that like came that i knew off the top of my head i could have thought of more but then i just started googling it so ashley when i brought this up to you were there a couple that just like popped right into your head I had to do a little bit of research. Okay. Because <laughs> so, I don't really focus on cars very often in movies unless, unless they're super obvious, like Christine. Yeah. Um, but I would. But I was thinking about when you mentioned Gremlins. If I does it come with like a little adorable like Mogwai like Gizmo? Because then I'm down to have. Oh yeah, that. A co-pilot, or you can you can ride shotgun to Gizmo, or, or vice versa for sure. Okay, then that's definitely up there if that's the case. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was also thinking of that tumbler like in batmobile like yep. or batman the batmobile like, could just like flip over back and forth because it reminded me of when you were kids you remember having those like blue and red cars that would flip mm -hmm. and they change colors every time they flipped those little like race cars yeah they were remote controlled like you could the the controls were different than most rc cars where it had you could control both axes kind of like a um well kind of like the tumbler for one and kind of like mm -hmm. those audis and maybe it's minority report where you can just like move sideways into a parallel parking spot so you yeah. could do that with these cars and you could if you put the sticks in the opposite direction they just did they did uh donuts not like donuts in a circle they just spun <laughs> uh, <laughs> right. on their axis and you could flip them if you did it like really quickly that that was mm -hmm. They were great. Was, they were, that was a really like well-designed uh, toy. Yeah, they were indestructible, which was awesome. They just kept flipping. They would never I mean, get stuck. You must've thought of like Transformers that's sort of related to the Tumblr. Um, thought of Transformers. I thought of the car in Mad Max, Fury Road, the most recent mm -hmm. Mad Max called the Giga Horse. I had to look that up because I was like, what? Is that the music? Which one's that? That's the huge one that's like two truck two giant trucks into each other with a guitarist in the background, yep. like fire playing out the sides. Yep. That was the most intense car I've ever seen in my life. So Practical. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just street legal. It's fine. Um, so I thought of those. And then like the Volkswagen, a little Miss Sunshine mm -hmm. as like an actual like car I would want. Even though it broke down in the movie, but you know, just like right, that it's on the it's on the poster, and they're, they're like pushing it. That's an iconic uh, scene from the movie. But if you're gonna mm -hmm. get a car like that, which I sort of had one, and we we traveled across the country in it, um, I had a mm -hmm. later model. the The '70s models are the ones that are more iconic, that look like buses, and then in the '80s they look more like boxy, like a van. Um, yeah. But the one I had was 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 cool. Um, mm -hmm but you have to be prepared for potential uh, repairs so all the time yeah <laughs> there's, there's no they're not they're not shying away from that uh i this is like there are so many so many awesome examples derek do you want to throw any in yeah um I'm, <laughs> so drew came up with a list of some pretty good ones i'm just gonna name a couple and then one that you didn't include cool. so the little miss sunshine bus yep uh back to the future delorean of course and yeah. a movie that i watched recently the chevy uh impala from cheech and chong mm. oh <laughs> yeah it's got like natural um 
Steam effects built in. Steam, <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> um, that's that's uh like there are the um the other I'd say the ones that like are most iconic that we haven't mentioned. There's the Ghostbusters Ectomobile. Uh-huh. Um, there's Kit from Knight Rider, the talking car, which that's not iconic to me because I didn't watch that show, but it's you know probably it's a main character in a show that was on tv for a while so a lot of people would probably think of that one uh the ferrari from ferris bueller one of our friends threw that one out there i thought jamie i asked her this question our um special background guest and she named three different buses weirdly so (laughs) the 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 tour bus from spice world Um, nice Nice. that's a good one yeah the, the bus from speed (laughs) yeah i mean that's a that's a car movie if ever there was and then this is a weird one she said the bus from into the wild i think she was trying to guess for me uh but i think that's just the bus that he like dies in at the end of the movie so it's kind of a depressing depressing actor's name again uh emil hirsch yeah i was like emilio (laughs) yeah she also said the greased lightning car which is super ugly (laughs) <laughs> but apparently it, it flies so points for that did one one thing that this list uh, made me think of as like uh, a guy who it was a big deal uh, i don't know if it's like cha- culture has changed with uh, ride sharing and, and scooters and everything today but obviously uh, when derek and i were growing up it was a big deal to get your first car and um, my first car was a 1994 uh, Firebird with T tops and a and a really subtle, cool Firebird decal on. You loved on, it so much on the rear window, <laughs> so that's why I wanted to include the the Smokey Smokey and the Bandit car is a '77 Trans Am, and it's got like the the Firebird decal on the hood, which the the cool like mine wasn't a fast car; it just looked sort of like sporty, but. That one, that one was personal to me just because uh, it reminded me of my first car. Uh, Derek, did you have a memorable first car? Uh, yeah, I had a, oof, it was a Mazda B2000 uh, pickup truck. Mm, nice. Which then got totaled. Is Not it, my is, fault. <laughs> is, it, is, it, is it basically, I was trying to look at the list and see which one it was closest to. Is it like the Pussy Wagon from Kill Bill Volume 1? It's like the yellow truck in Twister. Oh, it is yellow at least. <laughs> no, it was, it was it was gray, but it reminded me of the yellow truck in Twister. Um, Ashley and I grew up in the same house with the, uh, the same yard and the same driveways, and I, I don't same I, parents. I, yeah. Wow. <laughs> and I don't remember what I don't know what your first car was. You don't? No, I, I could maybe guess, but I, I honestly, it, it's not at the top of my head now. It was that like r- little red Saturn. Oh yeah. That I could barely fit in. I had to like, because hu- I'm almost six feet tall, and I had to like hunch to like <laughs> sit in it. So like driving, I could. I had to just like. It's probably how I have like a hunch, like a hunchback, because that stupid car. But it was fine. It got me around. <laughs> yeah, that seems like most like the Ferrari from Ferris Bueller. If I'm, if I'm yeah, pretty much the same thing. Well, <laughs> um, uh, one of our good friends, Mark is uh he has a corvette and he's just really into cars in general uh derek what what did he say so it's funny that you had what was her first car a pontiac firebird yeah it was a firebird yeah which is the same as a a trans am as a 
uh, souped-up Firebird? So both of those vehicles uh, are part of Mark's response. So it's his favorite vehicle is the 74 Pontiac Firebird from Rockford Files. Never really heard of that. Um, And he was telling me that they didn't want to use a Trans Am in in the show, but they ended up having to use Trans Am parts to make sure that it could withstand the stunts. Nice. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, so that was like a that that's exactly the kind of thing that Mark would pick up on, like the 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 car that had a pra- served a practical purpose, like because it was better built versus just cool looking, like <laughs> like uh, uh, Gizmo's hot pink convertible, um, which is a Barbie car, by the way. Right. Yeah. Well, that's what's small in stature is powerful in, in uh, performance they always say um, <laughs> let's do our we're not gonna we're not gonna land on the definitive choice here but let's just pick our personal favorites ashley what's what's yours uh gremlin's pink convertible for gizmo great second half second half him <laughs> uh, it's a package deal i'm gonna go yep. uh predictably with christine but honorable mention to that trans am because um I could really see myself in that. <laughs> Derek? I want to choose DeLorean, but I've always wanted a, uh, an Impala. So I'm choosing Cheech and Chong's car. They're uh, shitty little <laughs> beat, up, beat yeah. up Impala. Did I, one of the ones that we didn't talk about is the, the Chevelle, the Chevy Chevelle from Drive, which is pretty cool. It's kind of Impala. Uh, the Impala reminded me of that. If you wanted um, to go with a cool version. Oh, we should also mention um, the first thing that comes to a lot of people's mind on this topic is the Aston Martin from a lot of the early Bond movies. There's like a mm-hmm. 64 Aston Martin that both uh, our friend Oliver and Logan, that was kind of their, their first response um, before they had thought about it nearly as, <laughs> as much as we have. Um, so, yeah, that, that was fun. Uh, Ashley knows everything that she needs to know about cars now. Yeah, I'll just listen to this podcast she, she over a, and over she again. She picked a Barbie car. So. Yep. <laughs> good, good choice. <laughs> Such a chick. <laughs> I don't even like pink, Rude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let's, uh, let's move into the final stretch. Like that? Um, <laughs> how, many, how many awards did Repo Man win, Ashley? So it won two awards. Oh, shit. But they weren't. I don't want to say they're not real. So it's like the Saturn Awards again yeah. that are not like, they're not Oscars or, you know. Um, so won a Saturn Award for the Best Supporting Actor, um, Tracy Walter, who played Miller. So Derek's the homeless man, but not really homeless repo no man. No kidding. That was, yeah. that was one of the more nuanced performances, like, mm-hmm. honestly. Yeah, that one stood out more than the rest of theirs. That's crazy um, that he got recognized for that, though. Yeah. <laughs> and then... It was just, oh, it, it was just nominated for Best Writing by Alex Cox. Didn't actually win. Yeah, usually I'm really director-centric, and I would have done some more research into his career uh, out of curiosity, or, or, you know, like a lot of the movies we're watching have directors that you, you already know uh, a bit about their careers. I assume he may he kept making some, some weird sort of um, cult style movies like this i know he tried to make a uh, sequel to this at some point yeah it looks really it was like 20 years later um are talking about repo chick yeah i was gonna say yeah. repo repo girl but yeah it's repo yeah chick. it's repo chick <laughs> yeah. uh, 
so that's that's cool i think the writing it would have been a fun script to write and then you share it with actors and like the fact that they were able to recognize like the the tone and the distinct voice of it i think i think he deserved that recognition mm -hmm. uh, is there any uh, ashley awards you want to give it uh let's see how about wildest ride mm, that's it excellent <laughs> Let's oh wait, and worst costume with the metal hand. Worst costume design. <laughs> yeah, cheap. You, you guys cheap never costume. once mentioned that it looked like tinfoil, by the way. <laughs> it's just, yeah. yeah. I don't think y'all are yeah, giving it worst enough Worst costume, credit. dude. Yeah. I don't, worst yeah. costume. Wow, this Prop. is, I'm taking, I'm taking this personally. It's silver, Sorry. It's silver handling. <laughs> oh, this is your character. Sorry, your character has a really crummy costume. But, you know. I honestly didn't think it was that bad. I mean, like, uh, the the some of the other stuff in the movie where they had to cut corners stuck out more to me. Um, I just thought it was goofy and like in line with with some of the other uh, like sci-fi. I said that this was a sci-fi movie, and I guess technically it, it is because of the alien component, but it didn't really feel. It felt more like an adventure movie than than a sci-fi movie. Yeah, I think they touched more on like the aliens and I thought since they started off with immediately the guy opening the trunk and then disappearing or blowing up or whatever, I thought that'd be like throughout the whole movie. But there right. wasn't as much. And I also, the trailer kind of misled me because I thought that there'd be more flying car action and not just the very end. I thought I, yeah, I either read somewhere or heard somewhere that it was going to be all these little uh, vignettes, like self-contained stories within the story that was mm -hmm. not the case at all it was one continuous search for this uh alien malibu so it is weird that they show the very end of the movie in the trailer <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh it's, again it's not the type of movie that plot can really be spoiled but visual you know that's the most memorable visual from the movie probably and they they spoil that but it's also the thing that got me most hyped up to watch it so me too. Yeah, <laughs> so it worked. Mark D works. Uh, I'm really, I'm really curious about this one and what direction we're going to go in here. So, how 80s is this 1984 release? Uh, Where should we start? I'm not sure. Maybe start with music, the soundtrack. Yeah, this is how much of a punk rocker are you? How not much of a punk are you? <laughs> not very much of a punk rocker. I've heard of. Suicide Tendencies and Circle Jerks before mm -hmm. watching this movie, but I'm not like super into the punk scene. So, uh. yeah, I I didn't know. I mean, and Iggy Pop is a is a household name, mm -hmm. and he uh, wrote at least one original song for this movie, and and maybe he's uh, featured in other parts as well. I think if you ask some people, like our friend Oliver, what um. Uh, what they think of when they are just thinking of the eighties in general, punk rock, the, the punk rock movement might come up certainly is like not even on my personal list just because mm -hmm. of my uh, exposure to different things. Like I don't associate this music with the eighties. I'm sure some people do. So it doesn't get eighties points from me for that. Um, for the, campiness i would say kind of like this john waters style <laughs> of just like campy satire that feels pretty 80s medium 80s um 
campiness in general. Yeah, but I'd also confuse that with early 90s as well. Sure, yeah. So. In the, I mean, in 70s. I mean, it's, I, I'd say maybe sat, satire hit. Satire has been, like, ubiquitous as well. But 80s action movies that also sort of have a satirical message, like something like RoboCop, which is satisfying for straight-up action, but also, mm-hmm. like, has the the commercial the goofy commercials and and stuff like that that's that's like really uh heavy satire i think it gets i think it gets points for that um so i'm somewhere in the middle of the road here for how 80s it's not the most 80s feeling movie we've watched to me um and it's probably a movie that people that was a little bit of an outlier even at the time obviously it didn't it found its audience later i don't know Mm -hmm. when the cult uh rallied around this but it it probably took a took a little while so yeah i don't know i think i'm i think i'm in the middle of the pack what about you yeah that sounds all right i mean i just it didn't feel like in comparison to the ones who just watched like break in or 16 candles which are very 80s very iconic like 80s um it felt middle around 80s to me i mean wardrobe not so much um, yeah. nothing in particular technology yes but not the car was a 64 malibu i'm not counting mm-hmm. that as technology but um the car wasn't like it's the car that people would have been driving in the 80s but didn't you know put it over the top or anything so okay um yeah. let's let's do our last little category here would you recommend a rewatch, a remake, or both? I would recommend a rewatch. Okay. Um, I would. I kind of want my some of my friends to see because I know they haven't. Because mm-hmm. I just think it's very it's very interesting and just a different movie. Um, I wouldn't say I wouldn't really want to remake this. I'm not sure how that would turn out. I mean, it could be cooler. I just don't think it needs to be crazy visual effects and all this. Like, I don't think it needs to be remade. I think so, it's good just the way it is. Repo, repo men's. Nah, <laughs> repo men's. <laughs> I, yeah, I guess we got an accidental remake in, in repo men. If that's even about car repossession. I, I feel like more than the other movies, uh, my response to the last couple, I think has just been, we've this, these movies have been so influential that we've been seeing remakes. Um, mm-hmm. Stranger things, clearly came from from firestarter and and every teen movie clearly came from from 16 candles so i don't know that we're already checking this box (laughs) on our in our netflix queues right now so i don't have a clear concept in my head of of how or why to do it but i feel like it's it's definitely not off limits uh remaking it how would would you change it i mean a different car uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, obviously, a uh, hot pink uh, Barbie car would be the Perfect. first the first change. <laughs> that's probably a repo chick. So, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, no, that's nice. right. We already did get a remake. He, mm, that's mm-hmm. that's a we're oh, yeah. we're, we're dumb. So, <laughs> the obvious answer was female lead. Make it make it a Me Too um, angle, kind of you know, hmm. women taking cars back literally and and metaphorically <laughs> um and make it a tank girl no <laughs> okay another iconic uh, uh movie vehicle so 
if if Alex Cox had not already remade Repo Chick, um, then I would say that's the way to go. But since we and everyone else forgot <laughs> that movie <laughs> came out, uh, I wonder if there's any sort of cult following for that. Uh, I'm not I'm not sure, but that could have been that could have been fun if it was done right. But I'm a little torn of who I would recommend rewatch this. So. Um, or even watch it for the first time because I think most people that I know would like it probably have already seen it and so it's not a movie I'm going to go out and evangelize for like you gotta mm-hmm. you gotta right. catch up on this it's it was sort of overlooked at the time it, if you if you haven't if it starts playing at the Hollywood theater when theaters reopen again I'm, I'm not going to like encourage everyone to buy tickets um and go see it there but uh it was fun i mean i'm not mm-hmm. i'm not not recommending it i'm just not recommending it yeah <laughs> you can keep up with those double negatives <laughs> let's derek? just go do oh go ahead derek i would say rewatch i think they're uh, yeah maybe i'm just thinking too much into the air fresheners and the coincidences and plates of shrimp but yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah i would re- rewatch it for sure it's true. I think there's plenty there to have fun with. It's a group movie. Uh, we did, you know, our virtual text group thing and that helps. And it's fun to have people to talk with it about. I think if I had just watched it, this goes for a lot of movies, but if I had just put it on by myself um, after not getting out of Cheech and Chong's Impala, uh, I would have <laughs> been kind of uh, not that, not that uh, enthused about it. So I had fun and um I think we're ready to move on to next week. This movie needs absolutely no introduction. I think as soon as the first sounds from the trailer start playing, you will be very familiar with what it is. Derek, hit it. (laughs) (laughs) He makes discoveries, enemies, even a few mistakes but that's what makes life interesting for indiana jones harrison ford indiana jones (laughs) and the temple of doom rated pg starts wednesday newspapers that was weird (laughs) i have a couple couple things here this is the biggest blockbuster movie obviously that that we're going to be hitting on so far it's a sequel so i'm definitely going to want to rewatch the first one next week uh we've all seen these movies i assume but it's not a movie that i watched a million times so it will be somewhat fresh which will be fun uh and off the top of my head, I feel like this this might be one of those franchises where people some people like this movie better than than the original, so that's cool. We can compare those. And then the last thing I want to say is I'm a little nervous that I'm not gonna <laughs> is with all these movies. Um, I I don't already have nostalgia for it, so I wonder if I'm gonna love it or not, and mm-hmm. if I'm gonna feel bad for not. So where where are you at? Ashley, I, on your well, I go, yeah, going into it, I really want to like. I really want to like it. Yeah. I just feel like I need to like it for some reason. But I only, I think I've watched it one time when I was little, okay. so I don't really remember much of it at all. So, 
Derek, are you a, a, a indie super fan? Yeah, fanatic. Yeah. Uh, no, <laughs> I'm definitely going to be watching it to see what uh, mistakes they met, made while filming and editing it, though. Because for some reason, uh, whenever I think of Indiana Jones, I remember watching uh, some YouTube clips where there are some inconsistencies within mm. the film where he like, oh. comes out of a sewer and he's supposed to be soaking in water, but he comes out completely dry. So <laughs> I'm, I'm just kind of, I'm going to pick it apart for sure. You can play a continuity police next week. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, that'll, it'll be fun. No, yeah. for sure. Uh, and if you uh, want to be first in line to hear that episode, you should subscribe to this podcast by searching new release 1984 on Spotify or Apple or anywhere else. And we're wrapping up, but stick around if you want to hear us discuss some 2020 new releases. I was riding on a concrete slab down the river of a useless slab. It was such a beautiful day. I know it's So that was the Iggy Pop song uh, <laughs> titled after the movie. This this happens every week, but when we hear the song, it, re- it jogs one last thought from the movie. The movie Repo Man really nailed the the landing. Uh, no pun intended, because it was the car taking off into into space. Good one, Drew. Um, yeah, nice. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it, I left be- between the music that was playing when the car like transcended and uh, uh, Otto's character and, and Derek's character uh, flew off into the, the expanses of, of higher enlightenment. Like that had really cool music. And then the credit mm-hmm. song uh, that we just heard in our post credits played and it left me with a better feeling about the movie than I would have had otherwise. So yeah, it's always, always about the ending. Part. It's always nice. Yep. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, we are back in 2020. So, Ashley, anything you've been watching this week? I binged Dead to Me season two, the mm. entire thing in a day. So, Ooh. <laughs> you I couldn't stop. It? <laughs> like Derek? I, kind of. <laughs> so, I really liked the first season a lot. Um, and mm-hmm. so, when you t- so Drew told me about the second season, and I watched it, I was like, oh, it'll be interesting, whatever. And I couldn't stop watching it, not because I thought it was good. I just wanted to finish it, yeah. which isn't the best. Um, so I finished it in a day. But hmm. I kind of, I really liked the first season, the second season. There were so many convenient twists that it was, like yeah. too, it was too many. Got, I too, mean that, got annoying. That definitely happened some in the first season. I think um, it's Christina Applegate and Linda Cardinelli. Cardali- Card- Cardellini. Cardellini. Yeah. yeah, from Freaks and Geeks. Yeah, so... Their chemistry and that relationship is is pretty uh, unique, mm-hmm. and I mean I'm, I'm I'm just talking about the first season, and what I vaguely remember from a year ago. So, I, yeah, they had they had good chemistry, and that was a cool like sort of uh, mystery that I mean a relationship that was built on a lie that was obviously going to explode. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and James uh, Marsden's in it. So oh yeah yeah too. yeah he's is he in season two? Mm-hmm. Okay, it's. Yep. Everyone's good, but it it sounds like it's one of those shows where uh, it didn't necessarily need to keep going. Well, that and I wouldn't 
have remembered if season two was coming out unless you told me. Like, I wouldn't have been like, oh, I can't wait for it. You know, like, I wouldn't, wasn't looking forward to it. Like, it could have ended. <laughs> yeah, and that's, that's but, also the weird thing with Netflix. It's like, even something like Stranger Things and just TV in general um, doesn't, we don't have this concrete release schedule. You don't know that there's, you don't even know that there's uh, what, shows on netflix are getting more seasons they you don't know when they're coming out mm-hmm. the thing the reason that it doesn't really matter for them is because the shows will find you as long as you're still using netflix you would have if i hadn't told you it would have popped up in your netflix feed at some point and you would have found it so or it right. found you <laughs> um, <laughs> so they don't really need to do promotion as long as they got your attention but mm-hmm. uh so yeah that's it is, but it is an interesting phenomenon where there's not like a clear release schedule for for anything, uh, which sort of um, vaguely segues into something that we both watched, which gets released on traditional network TV on the CW. But then uh, once the season finishes airing there, it this uh, I think pretty much all CW shows do this. Then they come out, the whole season comes out on Netflix, like right as soon as it ends on on network which is cool Mm -hmm. um and so what did you watch six episodes of in a row (laughs) riverdale can we can we just all say it at the same time or try to yeah riverdale okay on on three three two one riverdale Riverdale. (laughs) i got i got 230 there it's like riverdale riverdale um we all love riverdale uh we're all at different Mm -hmm. points in the experience um i'm pretty much caught up not with uh the newest season that came out on thursday or got released on netflix on thursday i've watched three episodes of that but derek's watched um a pretty large chunk throughout the first three seasons actually i guess you've seen all the first three seasons like Mm -hmm. i i was like grappling with why I like this show um, that has like some major issues and is really easy to make fun of and critique uh, the uh, last week when I was working on the newsletter. And I think I, I figured it out, but like defend, defend your love <laughs> of Riverdale. Uh, it's just so ridiculous. Yeah. Like it's not trying to not, and I think that's why I like it so much. It's not trying to be like this, just a romantic comedy with kids in high school, like a 16 candle. It's, it has mm-hmm. so many weird elements that are introduced into it and you don't know if it's going to be like magical or if it's actually like yeah. a murderer or you don't really know what's going on and every season's just very strange like this i don't know i kind of don't want and i don't part of me doesn't want to like it right but i keep yeah, going back that, to it same, that's the same i'm saying because like the there is no flaws. part of me that wants to not like it that's <laughs> i love it so much well, that's good. That's the healthier relationship. You shouldn't be ashamed of there's people say there, there's no such thing as a guilty pleasure. Like if you like something, mm-hmm. <laughs> you just like it. it. For me, it's not that it's a guilty pleasure. It's that it's clearly not as good as my all time favorite uh, teen dramas, like, like Buffy the Vampire Slayer and, and um, Gilmore Girls. And um, the thing that I, <laughs> noticed that i really love about those early teen dramas when i was first getting getting into the genre <laughs> the very important <laughs> respected genre of teen drama is they, those shows had great writing 
Um, mm-hmm. They had the dialogue was really memorable, and they um, had people like Josh Whedon and uh, the Paladinos on the Gilmore Girls side who are just like really witty, intelligent writers. Riverdale is not well written. It right. has moments of like uh, unintended humor. It's got like moments of absolute ridiculousness i mean most of most of the moments it's like got slow-mo scenes it's lit and pinks and and blue neons which which i love the aesthetic of it um but there's no really way to say it's a well written show and that's fine um it just sort of holds it back but it's also it's also referencing like a million different things at at once i mean it's Mm -hmm. just taking inspiration from like even if even if you like 10% of the things they're referencing there's going to be something for you there um and it has it, it also just hits all the like tropes i mean archie is boxing shirtless half the episodes for for no apparent reason uh, he's also uh, a musician that had to wrestle with, or go between music and playing yeah. a football team <laughs> i mean there's you name so you name it and they're, they're all jam-packed into like every episode i mean there's mm-hmm. no there's no breaks uh this new season starts off with a memorial episode to luke perry so he doesn't really um he died like in between seasons basically i mean he died while the third season was airing but they had already uh filmed stuff i think so his character didn't like uh die on the show until and so they had to address that at the start of this this season that first episode was subdued obviously <laughs> what did you what did, did you think it was necessary to do an episode like that no i mean yeah it was necessary to address it and then to honor him i don't know mm-hmm. i mean i don't I, it was indulgent and and um like sappy but that's also you could tell in some of the scenes it seemed like they were probably really more the characters were i mean the real life people that were playing the Mm -hmm. characters were probably getting emotional so yeah i mean that's that's powerful stuff (laughs) to some to some degree but it i was worried when i started when i fired up season four i haven't watched any riverdale for a while and i was like oh man this just this is kind of terrible um yeah (laughs) it was confirming my worst fears and then I got two episodes in. I was like, okay, it's coming around. Three episodes in, um, Cheryl's zombie brother has got like worms crawling out of him and stuff. And mm-hmm. um, we were just waiting. I mean, the one thing they have showed restraint on is bringing them actually f- going full zombie, but they will, no doubt. <laughs> um, Chad Michael Murray. Um, is oh, he's great. Shirtless, shirtless daredevil <laughs> and yeah, hamming it up. He like turns into a evil Knievel cult leader who's gonna mm-hmm. blast himself into space in a rocket he's he's like <laughs> they're ripping they're ripping language straight from news articles there was that dude who was like gonna uh, who i think did shoot himself uh, spoiler up. alert yeah thank you. <laughs> oh sorry <laughs> um, so any, come anyway, on guys <laughs> well other people uh, watched all of it nobody cares you know it's not gonna affect <laughs> no you. I, I don't mind you're you're viewing um and then sorry I'm, I'm going on but the last thing i then i started episode four which is a straight up halloween mm-hmm. remake at or a halloween um 
homage at first, everything from the title font uh, on. Uh, and then, of course, they mash in another million horror movie references after that. Uh, person calling from inside the house and, and the doll, you name it. which they, yeah, they need to stay away from the doll part. I was like, oh, oh yeah. maybe, I should, maybe I'm too scared. Like, I'm scared to watch this Riverdale show. I don't yeah. like that. It's it, possessed doll. By the, by the fourth episode, I was fully back, um, back on yeah. board. <laughs> so that was my point there. Uh, <laughs> Derek, why are you so unashamed? <laughs> you know uh they just they don't they don't mind going uh over the top yeah and i like it mm-hmm. yeah i mean why does every cheryl entrance need to be in slow motion uh, oh yeah because mm-hmm. it looks cool slow motion <laughs> yeah, looks- dude that's my thing <laughs> yeah <laughs> the the cheerleading the the football game the prison yard football game with the when all the cheerleaders show up and bring out their i mean <laughs> It's it's the, absurd. Jughead has a MacBook um, that he that he types on and and works on his great uh, Riverdale novel. And yet, like when they interview people, uh, when the press interviews people, they use mic microphones from the fifties. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, well, like, that's cool. Like they, it is. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't make any sense, but like that, those are all just microcosms of the show's like irreverence as a whole it doesn't give a fuck like mm-hmm. and we're not even we're we're aging out i mean especially me like that was the other thing i was grappling with like i should be aging out of the demo for i don't even is riverdale popular with teenagers like i don't know it has i wonder to be. if it's i mean i mean yeah it has to be but i wonder if now like it's more like that outer bank show and stuff you know like that's more I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know either. I know they have like, it's very memeable, and there's it's it's got like, um, it's pop culture reference heavy. I mean, it definitely. It's on the CW. It's on the yeah, it's on the CW, but people are probably watching it mostly on Netflix. I would I would assume anyway, and and I just wonder if it's if we are in the target audience or we're just um, holding on to. <laughs> our, our youth our nostalgia yeah i mean i know it's both <laughs> so, i think uh we'll we'll probably talk about riverdale um every episode from now on no at least <laughs> at least one more time at this pace ashley will be done ashley will be done by tomorrow probably and, yeah. yeah i'll be done uh, at some point and derek uh who knows next year yeah <laughs> as much derek, as i love it <laughs> speaking of things derek loves Oh, we have, yes. we have known as yeah. Deuce. Five minutes or less here. We're giving ourselves a strict, uh, hard cutoff on devs. I don't, I, I don't have much to say. Um, I shit on it last week. I, like, I really shit on it, and then I ended up really loving it. Yeah. Um, I sure. think some of the, um, like the theories and some of the just some of the concepts that they were covering in the beginning of the season kind of was intentionally uh, like basic. Mm-hmm. And then as it progressed, it got more complicated and then simulation, all that. So I really dug it at the end. I think it was like episode six really turned, turned me on to it. Yeah. I know. I think it, it takes a very big man to admit, not that you were wrong, but that like once you <laughs> have a initial impression of a show and you're kind of, um, locked in on certain aesthetic things to not let that 
prevent you from enjoying the show overall. And, and maybe those things, those problems kind of went away uh, as, as it went on, not went away, but went away for you. Like it, it no longer became a roadblock. I, yeah, I it, you, it, you know. it just started to make more sense. The, the way that the characters were acting, they're like bland. Mm-hmm. Just the way that they were on screen, it just seemed bland, but uh that's about- rewatch that's rewatchable because yeah there's a maybe, lot maybe yeah. they're bland because they've relived that entire experience like a hundred times yeah it was an interesting choice i mean we talked last week about like the director can get charismatic performances out of actors like oscar isaac and, and his other movies mm-hmm. if he wants to he told the the actors Nick Offerman can be charismatic. He he told him <laughs> to act like that. It was a choice. Um, and I'm not at, at all saying that you have to like that choice, but it was it was intentional. Um, sort of like the like the director of Repo Man. Like he got the tone that he wanted <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. on screen. Whether it works or not is is totally subjective. But um, did you like, I know you liked the scene, um, and spoiler alert again for, for devs. I know you like the scene with, um, uh, the main lady talking to the, the younger kid on the, the dev team, like when she pulls over to the side of the road and, and makes him choose whether or not to jump off the bridge. Um, because if he believes in his theory, then jumping doesn't matter, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's so. helping him realize that if he truly really does feel like that then yeah. he's gonna go through with it whether mm-hmm. or not it's whether or not that choice is gonna land him in another alternate reality or not yeah it was intense mm-hmm. there were they used this visual device um i wanted to ask you about like because of some of the stuff that you found distracting early on they use this this device a couple times throughout the the series where uh, they'll show like one person, they show them leaving uh, the lecture and there's like eight different versions of her walking out and different things happening. Um, they show uh, the car, the climactic, the emotional climactic scene of, of uh, when Nick Offerman's uh, wife and, and kid get in the car accident. They show that like they show all these different overlapping like visuals of the car. Did you did you like that effect? I mean, at first, I, yeah, it, I mean, it was all right. It, it got the, the, like, towards the end, it started making a lot more sense, and it made sense that they would do that to right. show that there were, you know, different um, alternate, yeah, alternate realities. I thought it was pretty slick. I mean, same, same thing I was saying about how they had to find a way to visualize the technology and make it cinematic. They had to, like, find a way to make something that's pretty high concept uh, visually conveyed on screen. I thought that was creative. So, and pretty original. All right. Well, Derek did it. He finished devs. Um, we can stop the podcast, not just this one, but all the whole series in general. Um, <laughs> we can enter the multiverse where uh, <laughs> we just keep watching Riverdale week to week, finally. And uh, yeah. Y'all got anything? Y'all got anything else? Let's just go go get some sushi and not pay. <laughs> oh man, yeah. Let's go. Uh, wait, do one more, crimes. one more. <laughs> Fuck this. Let's do some crimes. Yeah. Yeah. 
some weird some weird fucking shit hey eh, bud <laughs> yeah okay let's let's leave on a, a high repo note <laughs> I did that for the multiverse where you just restart. Oh.